Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. city and it's a good one this is a this was a really good episode i don't want to say anything that would spoil it but i would just i guess what i'll say is well first off i have um my good friend brad pearson on who also has a really really good podcast called self worst where him and his guests come on and talk about some of like the worst moments in their life and like so i've done the podcast before and I talk about a day uh, that's very embarrassing for me. Um, and I finally, after like years of therapy, have like forgiven myself. But like legit was like, oh, I think I might quit comedy because of this. Um, so it's really like a vulnerable and intimate. And uh, of course, just brings you know people together too, because with such vulnerability about uh, dark moments like that, we're able to see ourselves in in those people as well and feel more seen and understood so i highly recommend it uh, i'm not going to say that much about the episode because it is really good and i again like I've been doing this for almost three years now and you think you'll run out of stuff to talk about and then you don't uh and you're just gonna learn a lot about me and a lot about brad another thing though before we start the episode is i'm very very excited and also a little scared to announce that uh, Awkward Sex and City is coming back live to a stage. Uh, not the podcast, the live show. Some of you might know this, but before the podcast, it was a show. It's about to hit nine years. I think it's about to be nine years old. Oh my God, that's wild. Where does time go? But uh, I never thought, I never thought I'd be coming back to the stage this soon. Um, we'll be coming back to Littlefield on May 7th. Uh, doors open at 7, show at 8. Uh, tickets will be available online on all my Instas and also this podcast episode, but also it is a limited capacity. So just FYI, it's not going to be a packed show for sure. I think it's only like 30% capacity. And if you're not comfortable or you're not in New York City, there's also going to be a live streaming link that you can purchase tickets to as well. Um, truly horrified, have not been on stage in over a year, haven't written a new set in over a year, currently working on that. That's fun. And enjoy this episode with me and Brad. It was really good to get to sit down and talk to him and just really, you know, talk about our past and things about that and how it's made us into who we are now. But I think we, the general we, puts a lot of pressure on our past selves. Um, and sometimes for good reason and sometimes uh, maybe we're being a little too harsh on ourselves. Uh, so. Yeah, I like to look back and be like, you know, I am mad at that is the mistake that I made or the choice that I made, but it also has gotten me here. I don't want to write off like past Natalie, and I hope you guys don't want to write off your past self either. So uh, without further ado, here's this episode. But how have you been? I haven't seen you in a little while, actually. I've been okay. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, I'm fully vaccinated, which is good. Um, yeah. 
Are you guys fully vaxxed? Yeah, we are fully vaxxed. Tight. Okay. Well, that's great. We're going to, you know, I hope we get to see each other soon uh, in person. But yeah, we got the second dose four weeks ago now, something like that. And uh, so that's been, you know, just like a big load off, you know, working just about the same kind of crap doing the podcast. Uh, my own podcast has, has been um, stepping up too. I mean, like getting, you know, more people on producing more episodes, making bonus content, like getting a little bit more uh, serious with that and uh, staying in shape, doing, doing kettlebells now. Oh shit. Yeah. Those I'm gonna, are hard. It's very hard. And I'm going to, I'm going to start hopefully once it's, you know, once I find a gym and it's, you know, it's all safe and good to do so going to start uh, practicing jujitsu. So I guess I'm like slowly turning into Joe Rogan um, in spite of myself. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me, but or who I'm becoming. But. No, you're too much of a socialist for Joe Rogan. I think so. Yeah, probably. I love Aaron's stepdad so much, but he will because Aaron's got a podcast. Aaron's stepdad will be like, oh, there's a podcast that you should check out. It's really good. And it's, it's always Joe it's always podcast. Joe Rogan. It's fucking Joe I don't. Rogan. I mean, like, I know a lot of people who listen to him and stuff. I mean, like, of course I do. He's the biggest fucking podcast in the world. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so like law of averages, you're going to know some like and I'm like, I don't like he's not for me, but like, I don't care. Yeah. No, he sucks. I fucking hate him. You, you hate him. What do you hate I about hate him? him. Uh, he just I don't know. I feel like he does a lot of damage uh, with, you know, trying to see both sides, quote unquote, and like opening these doors to people that shouldn't be given a platform uh, to be allowed to uh, spew more fucking lies and shit. I can see that. I mean, I I don't like I've been thinking a lot about like whether or not I believe in deplatforming and, um, you know, whether or not that really even works. I mean, like as we saw with what happened with QAnon, um, for example, I mean, that's like a crazy example. But once Reddit bans QAnon, then it seemed to just sort of metastasize and drive further underground and get worse. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, I don't love the idea of giving like a guy like Milo Yiannopoulos any space to run his dumb mouth. But like, I also, my main issue um, seems to be that he doesn't really seem to push back when he has these sorts mm. of people on, you know, he's not just like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know, he's, he's, he's just sort of like, yeah, tell me about it. Like what, what's up? What's your deal? And it's just like, I, I don't know if that's a great move, you know? <laughs> You know, and I think that is what really bugs me about it. It's like, if you are going to do that, then you should be willing to deal with that type of confrontation and push back. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it seems like the, the yeah, the neutrality of it just seems to sort of denote that there's, I don't know, like, does he not have, like, values of his own that, like, do his ears not perk up when he hears people say these sorts of things, you know, and, like, you could make the argument that he's just like a people person and he's just genuinely curious about those ideas. But then like, I don't, you have to, it is more, I think the problem is like less with him and his show and more with like his listener base and that they're looking for that kind of thing. And that, yeah, he's just exposing more people who are already, already kind of like a little bit confused or on the fringes or like miseducated and is giving them these ideas, you know, is is handing the, them over to these these people with these ideas that just like aren't 
good, <laughs> you know. But also, I guess we have a lot in common. You know, we both really love psychedelics and uh, and, and <laughs> martial arts and kettlebells. So, did you um, have you seen the latest Godzilla movie? Godzilla haven't seen it yet. Um, that's on my watch list. Uh, we're we're right now we're watching the the QAnon documentary. We're on like part two of six or something. So that's yeah, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I. I can only digest so much of that at once, you know, like that's not like a thing after a hard day. I want to just like, oh, let me put on this documentary about um, this insane fucking cult that got started by this like three like jerk off incels in in the Philippines, basically. It's just insane that that's how it all went down. And like they almost like overthrew the government just because like they're pissed at the world. Like, you know, it, it's it's nuts that, that and it's if the peak of that was. Uh, the Capitol riot, then I don't know, like maybe that's one thing, but I don't know if that's the, the case because those people didn't like vanish, like Thanos didn't snap his fingers, you know, and they didn't just like turn into dust. Like they're still around and they're still confused and they're still all fucked in the head. I think that was the beginning. Unfortunately, you know, that was not the climax. That was like the first seed of a new fucked up thing that's going to continue to happen i think until until something like really big changes and i don't see things change, like i don't know like i you know i was talking about this earlier with with uh with a guest on my podcast uh about like the difference between being a nihilist and being a pessimist i'm not a nihilist mm -hmm. i believe in things i have principles and values i'm a pessimist in that i don't think that any of that's going to work out in any way <laughs> That's the difference. Your worst case, worst case scenario type of Absolutely. person. Yeah, I mean, gestures wildly at everything. <laughs> no, same, 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 same. Like a lot of times Aaron will have to be like, you know, things can also like work out. And my therapist will be like, sometimes things like work out. And you're like, when exactly? <laughs> um, just, I'm um, just makes me think of like mental health and stuff. Like yeah. when COVID started and it was just like you and Caitlin in the house with Dottie, your adorable dog. Like, where were you like mentally? Uh, so it was weird. I mean, the whole thing, the way it started off, we were stupidly, uh, in Texas when like that week oh, when right. shit really hit the fan for South by Southwest, right? Well, South by had been canceled, but there were still a couple of things that were just sort of happening. And so we decided just like, ah, fuck it. We'll just go, I guess. Like, you know, Everybody around us, including I think Caitlin's therapist, was was like, "Yeah, like just go, it'll be fine. Like don't live in fear of this thing." Great. <laughs> I don't know. We had a different understanding of, it. and then like we were like a day or two in, and then we realized we'd made a huge mistake, and we're just like, "This was fucking stupid. We need to get back." And like Tim, our friends, was uh was at our apartment sitting, Dottie. So like she was okay. But I had all these like nightmare scenarios in my head of just like the airport getting shut down and just like we can't get back home to her. And like, you know, I have already formed such a bond with that dog that like I, I get separation anxiety Aww. when we leave her. Mm -hmm. Like I, I definitely have like, you know, first child helicopter parent kind of syndrome. Even though she's not my first dog, like she's my third dog. Yeah, I just I'm I'm especially protective of her because she's she's very uh 
shy and 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 scared little thing, you know. And and so like I, I it it really like kicks in something for me. Um, so we were stuck there, or we thought we were going to get stuck there, and so we were just like, you know what? Before this gets any worse, let's just eat the money, buy a plane ticket, and go back early. <laughs> and and let's just let's just undo this and just like maybe not talk about it. <laughs> You know, but like we lucked out, like we didn't get it. We didn't give it to the people we were staying with. You know, everything was okay, but it was definitely like in retrospect, like that was, that was a mistake. Like we fucked that up, but we just like, it was a completely different time. Like it was like that first fucking week was just like, it went from like, oh, this crazy thing happening. Like, oh, weird. Like it's, it sure is spreading across Europe. And then like, and then it started to happen here and we're like, oh, there's cases here now. And then there was that awkward silence of just like that the first couple of weeks, that like first week of March, last week of February, where we were like, what's up? Like where they just everybody just had hand sanitizer out, but there were no masks Mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. This feels like it all happened so long ago, but it was like just a year and change. You know, like it's just like a different world. then. It's just crazy. Yeah, it really did. It was like a light switch, like how quickly things changed. I always say it was the day that Tom Hanks got COVID and we were told that he got COVID. All of a sudden, America took it seriously because you brought up Caitlin's therapist. Yeah, I had the same exact conversation with my therapist and she literally was like, and she's in her 60s and she was like, there's nothing to worry about. It's fine. We're fine. I was in the office with her Monday after work because I was at Trader Joe's at that point exhausted because everyone was freaking out. And I was just like, it's just a bad flu. Like, everyone's freaking out for no reason. The next day is when it shut down. When, like, Tom Hanks got it, everything shut down. And I was like, my therapist was like, hey, we're not going to meet in person next week. Tom Hanks was the canary in the coal mine of the whole thing. That's interesting. He truly was. Like, I think I remember day, reading about that when we were on the, in the cab on the way back from the airport, like, from LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, oh, fuck, Tom Hanks. I was like, this is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> And you're right. Like, it's, you know, a little bit over a year. I feel like I've aged 10 years in this. I feel like we all have. Yeah. Um, and again, like you're in New York, too. And I've talked about it so many times on the podcast, but it's it's almost impossible to explain, like, how scary and how traumatic it was to, like, stay in the city, like, to decide to not leave and, and just bear the brunt of whatever the fuck was coming because we didn't know what was coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I was really grateful that I was, you know, that we were living where we were, like that. First of all, we didn't have any roommates. It was just Caitlin and I Mm -hmm. also like the neighborhood we live in is fairly sort of off the beaten path and like sort of desolate. Like there weren't, you don't go outside and like the first thing you see is just like bustling people walking by. But that first week, I mean, like anytime we had to take Dottie up, it was like playing Frogger or something jumping around like avoiding people on the sidewalks switching over to one side of the sidewalk and like motherfucker there's another person on this side of the sidewalk (laughs) like you know and then there were like the joggers like people who just insisted on jogging (laughs) before we all before anybody had masks and they were like the fast zombies in the zombie movie you know like they just come around corners and shit like you're not even like ready for them it was it was nuts fucking like pandemic movies (laughs) like and like front page was just like, hey, you want to watch Outbreak? You want to watch Contagion? No. You want to watch Contagion? And I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> I don't think so. 
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. I have this like awful, not awful memory. Um, I the day before I ended that job that I of babysitting those kids forever, I got to take him into the city, and because uh, he hadn't been in forever, and it was really fun. We had a good time. It was like middle of February. Things were like things were starting to be talked about. Uh, but it was like, no, it's not in America. It's fine. Like, it's just going to stay contained. And we were coming back on the Metro North and he was playing a video game that the sole purpose of the video game was to kill as many people with a virus. (laughs) And I was just like, maybe we shouldn't play that. China. Right. And then he was like, but it's not going to come here. Right. And I was like, I don't think so. And then weeks later. Because uh, we weren't, I wasn't babysitting anymore, obviously. Um, and he was like texting me, like super scared. And I was just like, remember, it's not like your game. It's not like the app. You're not going to kill everyone. It's not going to be like that. <laughs> you didn't do this. <laughs> you, Eli, you did this. But yeah, it was all of a sudden, all, everything was like geared toward let's play these like major pandemic games and these movies and blah, blah, blah. Or what's that fucking movie that's made about COVID? Like someone made a movie someone about COVID, a movie and everyone, about COVID? yeah, everyone was like, "What? No, like, why did you do no, that?" Thank no, thank you. Not not I too will... soon. Like, you gotta wait. When did <laughs> they make soon. that stupid Jonathan Safran Foer movie about nine eleven? Like that was that had to have been like that was ten years later. That had to have been like I remember like people were I knew were working on that right when I moved to New York, which was twenty eleven. So, I mean, the the you gotta give it. It's a little too soon. We're not out of this shit yet. Fun side note. We have the same anniversary year of moving to the city. 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah hey, we're hitting, we're about years. to hit Boom. 10 years. Yeah. I, already, uh, when, I did uh, um, in February. What made you want to move up? Well. Not to do a hard pivot. But no, that's no, okay. I'm so I, I do all kinds of hard pivots on my show because I, I, <laughs> I just, I, I run out of road all the time and I just like just whip that steering wheel. So I had gotten a film degree in Minnesota. And then as the minute I got out of school, uh, this was like 2008, the economy collapsed and um, I couldn't get a job mopping floors. Like I was selling plasma to like buy grocery money. Like I was living off of like PB and J's. I was like, like behind on rent sometimes. Like it was just like not good. So that was 20. Like I lasted there until like 2010, just sort of like floundering around and and just like being dirt poor and like working just like various jobs that would like, I worked for a pizza place for a while and then they went under (laughs) and like, I was just like, I can't even like hold down a fucking pizza delivery job. Like they'll fucking like go under like this is bad. I landed an internship in, um, in San Francisco with this like, the commercial post company. It was an unpaid internship because of course it fucking was. Of course it was. But yeah. like I had some like residual loan money. And it was just like I'll live out there for a while and maybe I'll like maybe I'll get a job in uh, in California in, in 2010 that has like fucking nine percent unemployment. Um 
So I was going to this internship a couple of days a week and was just realizing like, oh, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm not good at this. Like my eyes glaze over. Like I, I, I'm just constantly, I don't know what the fuck to do here. I'm just like wandering the halls. I, I'll get up every 10 minutes and just like walk around with like a stack of papers to look like I'm doing something. <laughs> they don't know what to do with me. Like they just like put me in a room and like sometimes they would have like something for me to do. Like after that internship ended, I was just like, well, that didn't work. And then just moved back uh, with my parents. And I was like 25 and was just like, well, this sucks. Spent some time there uh, in my hometown in Nebraska. Uh, just sort of regrouping. I got a bunch of, I, you know, I got, I did some temp work. I was like, we were tearing down like a department store and I did uh, a couple of delivery jobs. I was like working like back to back, like pizza, sandwich, bullshit delivery jobs um, and saving up as much money as I could. And I saved up about seven grand and was just like, okay, like I went to New York once and really liked it and want to try it. And I keep thinking about it. I was thinking about New York all the time, even when I was like wandering around in San Francisco and was like, this is nice, but New York is kind of cooler. Um, and so I just went for it and, and, and just, and just moved out here. And I knew more people out here than I knew in LA at the time. And then as soon as I moved out here, like a month later, a bunch of my friends, including my best friends, uh, from college, got a job at Cartoon Network and they all oh, moved cool. out to LA. <laughs> and it was just like, I maybe could have gone to LA, but whatever, bygones, you know, right? We have very similar like past. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, I graduated in 2010, so not when it happened, but there was still like a ripple effect. No, it was bad for years. Like that's the thing. Like it was. Yeah. yeah. And I did an internship too, an unpaid internship. Uh, in where I lived in Stafford, so basically like the D.C. area. So I would have to drive two hours to and from to this internship at a production company that did reality TV. And the show that I was put on to be the like the intern, like just died. Yeah. It never made it to anything. And so next thing I know, I'm walking down the hallway with the like papers to like look busy I'm actually probably distracting the interns actually doing stuff. Like we would get yelled at a couple of times because we were being too loud. But I was like, I have nothing to do. I'm just talking. And I quit the day that they were like, hey, we really need you to like make like a fun sign, like a fun, cute sign that says like, hey, please wash your dishes. Like use like gifts, whatever you want and like print out. And it's great. Like that's that was like my task for the full day. I'd wasted like so much gas, like so much money getting there. And so I like left and like emailed the next day and was like, I, I am not coming back in. I'm not coming back in. I quit. And they were like, what if we paid for your gas? And I was like, no, like I'm done. And then I was just working at Macy's because I couldn't get a job anywhere else. And like nothing against Macy's. Uh, well, nothing against working at Macy's. Macy's the company itself fucking blows. But um, I was like, I just save, just save and get there as soon as possible. But the thing I wanted to ask you, though, was like when I was like living with my parents that year before I moved up, I was like, I will not date anyone in my hometown. I will not date. I will not get on any of the apps. I just can't do it. I can't. I can't. I just was so against it. And I was wondering if you felt the same way when you were like living with your parents. Uh, Sort of. I think I was mainly just too depressed to even think about that. Um, mm. And it was it was I was I was depressed, but I was weirdly 
focused because I was just like, okay, I need like, this isn't about liking any of this. Like I'm going to just like get up first thing in the morning, go to job number one and work through that, go to job number two, fucking fall asleep. You know, like, cause I was working mid morning to, you know, mid afternoon shift. And then I'd go from like five to like midnight or, you know, um, like was when the store closed. Uh, so then you're like mopping up and cleaning shit up. You're like home by one, you know, like, or out of there by one, like, um, and I just didn't have time to, to think about that. I mean, I don't know, like that, that was probably, um, in my adulthood, probably like the, 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 the least sexual, um, I ever was. It's, it's like, you asked me that and I was like, I was thinking about that and it was just like, yeah, I don't remember. I'm a fairly sexual person. And so like, I feel like I look back on spans of time in my life and was just like, you know, like, Oh, who is, who is I, who is I porking then? Or who was I into? Or what was I trying to achieve? Was I dating anybody? Was I, was I just like, you know, uh, uh, fucking around? Was I, uh, was I in a serious relationship? Was I trying like, but like that period of those few months in, in, in my hometown, like just nothing. Also the pool in Lincoln, Nebraska is not amazing. Yeah. Fair. (laughs) Same with, same with Stafford, Virginia. Um, I think my lowest sexual period, I think, uh, was the first couple of months of COVID. If I, if I really look back at it, I think like March, March until it started getting warm here in the city. I was like, I, the idea of having sex is like exhausting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was kind of different for us. I don't know. I, th- I think that we were, we were definitely laying it down during <laughs> all that. of that. I mean, it was mostly like, it was like something to do. We were just like in the apartment <laughs> together, you know? Um, again, we were, I anyway, I, I can't speak for both of us, but like I anyway was looking for as many like soothing activities as I could. There's a soothing mm-hmm. activity. So like, you know, I was, I was always down for it. I think I was in more of like a dark headspace in like late summer this last year, um, like leading up to the election. And oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because like that was when I was fully just like something fucked up is going to happen. I just knew it. I thought that uh, like capital thing. Like I was surprised that that didn't happen earlier. I was expecting that to happen around election day. I was expecting mm-hmm. some shit like that, like some like like weird armed revolt thing to go down. Like I, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like I was like seriously considering like we got to have some like routes out of the city. Like should we buy a car to like be able to drive out of here? Like do I need to buy a gun? Like I was like seriously like not in a safe headspace. You know, like I was not feeling good about the the near future i don't think we're out of the woods with any of that but i guess i've for now just sort of like stepped back on it a little bit and was just like okay well uh, you know uh, the pandemic's ending uh or seems to be like there's like maybe some like brighter shit on the horizon maybe let's focus on that for now and you know like not go full fucking like rambo crazy person you know? No, I totally get where you're coming from. There was like a really weird unease, especially like 
those last couple of weeks, like in October, gearing up for November. I think that's a part of the reason why when they announced Biden, it was like so euphoric. Uh, yeah. That's why everyone ran. Yeah. Even though like I was happy about it, even though like I fucking don't give a fuck about Joe Biden. <laughs> like I oh, don't, yeah. fuck I don't Biden. like him at I all. Hate him. And I know like in my heart of hearts that like, and I knew then was just like, well, that like nothing's going to change really. Like, you know, it's just going to be a more polite bullshit happening. But mm-hmm. I will say you'll like this, that uh, the the week. So it was like Halloween weekend. We went up to uh, we went up to Vermont. We found an Airbnb because we like every like month or so we were trying to like get out of the city and just like go like, you know, fuck off to some like remote Airbnb and just like go hang out somewhere, get out. Um, so we went up there. And it was this farmhouse, you know, there, they, they, there was livestock on the property. There was, there was like a, there was pigs, there was a couple of horses. I only mentioned that because I'm pretty sure I got some sort of salmonella, E. coli, something oh, from them. No. So I started like, so Halloween was what, was that a Saturday? I think Halloween was Saturday. That so, yeah. night... I started feeling kind of like feverish and gross and was just like, fuck me. I have COVID, you know, and like, and, and was, and then just like immediately just started just shitting my brains out and like, and was kind of confused. Cause like Caitlin was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, okay, so this could like, I have to, we have to go, I have to go get tested as soon as we can. And Caitlin was like reassuring me that like it's not COVID because I'm not sick and like also like diarrhea is like it, it could happen, but it's not really that's not a typical that's not yeah, it's not like that's the not first like a typical to to, yeah. symptom. Like I was running a fever for a minute. I remember just thinking that couple of days, like when we came back, I went and got a COVID test, and then I, I got a COVID test on election day. We had already voted. We did like the vote early thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was just sitting there in our apartment. Uh, We were watching Cobra Kai. I was having to run to the bathroom every, I mean, like, I'm not kidding you. Every like 10 minutes, like just nuts. Like the worst, like it was like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, the shits it was it was like my body was contracting and like trying to turn itself inside out like it was like it was like like when you like take off a rubber glove like i was just like all just out (laughs) through through my bottom and so i was doing that and then just like refreshing the election results and refreshing my covid like (laughs) test results just being like okay well this is a time you know and it all turned out okay i guess <laughs> like i didn't have covid um and, and and trump lost which was very satisfying to watch um so i mean it it all ended well but like it was it was rough there for a minute yeah oh i'm so sorry i got food poisoning uh, two weeks ago the first time in like a very 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 long time and i'm just so sorry like i forgot how painful it is 
and how it just doesn't stop. Like you, you're right. It's like every 10 minutes, every 30 minutes. And you're just like, it gets a little scary because you're like, am I getting dehydrated? Am I going to have to, I have a friend, um, who we both know got so dehydrated that they had to go to the hospital and didn't realize that it was because they were dehydrated. Yeah, it can happen. I was, I was just like choking Gatorade and I guess it was just like immediately coming out. So <laughs> oh, it was rough. It was, it was really bad. Um, I went and like, I went to like a city MD to like run some tests and see what it was like after we knew it wasn't COVID. Um, and I still don't know. I don't like I couldn't tell you because uh I couldn't get through their fucking web portal to even like view the stupid uh, uh like quest. Yeah, the quest diagnostics. Like they never gave me an account and they just like sent me the results, but there was no account corresponding with it. So I was just like, okay, like I, I was sick. <laughs> I'm feeling better now, so I guess it doesn't matter. You know, like oh I, so I just like left it at that. I don't know. <laughs> so you and Caitlin went through a we went through some shit. Year. I mean, it's been some intimate shit, you know, like, I mean, we don't live in the smallest apartment, but it is definitely like, you know, even if you're on the far end of the apartment, if somebody is having nuclear diarrhea on the other end of the apartment, like it's not that far. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it was like a real lesson in relationship, trust and intimacy. This whole pandemic really was. I mean, it forced us to just like, okay, like we're in this, like we're living through uh, a disaster and a thing that's going to force us to stay in together and around each other for a long time. And we're living through like a, an historic event, you know, together, like this is big. And so, you know, that was, um, that was an experience. It's been it's been an experience. How's it been for you as a couple? Um, you know, uh, uh, go, going through all of that stuff because you know everybody's talking about you know like what it was like, how how lonely they were during quarantine, and and the thing that really like I'm thinking about a lot is like uh, how we are currently like people are getting vaccinated, and we are currently gearing up for what will probably be the horniest summer in New York city ever. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm happy for everybody, but like part of me is like, it's like that, that meme of like DW, like looking through the fence, just like, Oh, like I, like, it'll be interesting to like, see just like the, you know, or, or, or sense the like extreme sexual vibe in New York, which already like exists every summer. Like there already is just like a vibe, but it's going to be like, Oh, vibe this summer you're like oh my oh, god oh yeah i 100 percent agree uh this summer is going to be a shit show i can't i can't fucking wait i'm so excited uh it's you can already feel like the vibe building up uh yeah. in new york and you're right that's a very good point new york always summer is very horny there's something in the air new york summer makes it's, you super it's horny. the horniest place i don't know what it is i noticed it right away i noticed it my first summer here it was just like it's really hot um it's like sweltering in the subway tunnels and everybody's really good looking and well-dressed and like you know it there's there's just a there's just a vibe there's just like there's like furtive glances like uh 
uh, tension between just like people you walk by or you sit across from on the train. I don't try and fucking, I, I never like, I never try to capitalize on that shit because, you know, I'm like, okay, like let that be a little thing in your head. That's fine. But, you know, don't be weird. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, don't be, don't be weird. Don't be weird because it's probably just going on in your head and that's fine. You know? <laughs> I've always assumed that it was because, um, you know, like you said, it's very sweaty. It feels, you know, when you're on a crowded subway and you've got that one like car that's not heated, everyone's sweating, everyone's pushed up against each other. It's almost like sex in the sense that like sex is very sweaty and like disgusting and <laughs> you've got hair in places and, and you're sweating and, and wet in places you didn't want to be. And that's why I've always thought the summer in New York gets a little bit hornier than the other seasons. Yeah. To me, I just equate it immediately to like what I look like having sex. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it's also like maybe it's like the first like the intimacy, like the physical proximity, you know, because I was like thinking about like, why is it why is New York so much hornier than, say, Los Angeles um, during, you know, during the summer? And I think it's it's just that it's just that we're all crowded in together around each other all the time mm-hmm. and you're looking at all these just like crazy hot people from all over the world you know all these different body types and ethnicities and genders and whatever and it's just like it's just it's just sensory overload you know like it's nuts oh yeah it's super fucking hot and i also like now now talking about this with you and like thinking about it before aaron my horniest times or whoever, whenever I was like, you know, hooking up or dating like multiple people was the summer. And I think another part was I had way much, I had way more energy in the summer too. I was yeah. like, yeah, I, yeah, I'll go fuck this dude in like Williamsburg and then go see this guy in this like neighborhood the next day. Like, I'm like, I've got, I'm ready. I've got my time. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when Caitlin and I, you know, became an item when we, uh, cuffed, as uh, the kids mm-hmm. are saying, and I think that was, yeah, that was a winter thing. I mean, not saying that that was the only reason, but you know, I, I definitely like, you know, it was like right after the election and was just like, I don't know, like I had, I had like run out of steam and, and like, I think that that maybe gave me like a chance to like pause and just be like, do I even want to keep like fucking around? You know, or or do I like this person? I'm 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 comfortable with this person. And more importantly, or just as importantly, like she likes me and she's like putting up with me and like, you know, like my like dumb dog walking ass, like, you know, like it's like a fucking depressive dog walker. So like not exactly <laughs> a catch. I don't know. Like, yeah. So I was just like, cool, like maybe it's like a stupid thing to speculate. Like if we had met during the summertime when I was at like, just like peak fully charged horniness, if it maybe would have like been like a passing thing. I don't know. I don't believe in any yeah. of that fate shit. You know, it's just like this. Oh, like, I don't. This I don't happened to happen, either. you know, like, and, and yeah, and good thing. But, but you brought up a good point. Like, you know, taking that pause. I like I too also like had to take a pause to be like, what do I want? Uh, mm-hmm. And just like you, like, do I want to keep like, you know, hooking up, fooling around, nothing really serious. I think that's just what happens. It's like you find someone that's also taking the same pause, looking for the same thing. And like, not just that, it's not like convenience, but it's like, and I like this person and they like me. And it's like, 
now we're ready to kind of do the actual work of like being accountable and being like an actually good partner. Because yeah. I know in the past I haven't been a good partner and it's because I was being selfish and just honestly didn't really care about the other person, which is fucked up. But I also think it's very truthful and like a thing that we've all done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've been a bad partner before and it's always been because uh, I didn't really want to be there, you mm-hmm. know, and like that, that was mainly like the reason was just like, I didn't want to really, I didn't really in my heart of hearts really want to be doing it, but I was too much of a little bitch to like, just end the relationship. I did eventually, but like not until, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd spent like a long time just like kind of being an asshole, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just being resentful you know, of, of this person who was just like, had no idea what was like fucking going on in my head where I was just like, is this the right person? And they were just like, yeah, this is fine. You know, like it, it feels shitty, but like, I don't know. I'm going to do it feels shitty, but I just think it's like super, super real. Like I, not that like everyone's trying to paint themselves like this perfect person. But when I look back at myself, like the past almost 10 years in the city, like I look back and I'm like, Oh, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. But I don't want to hide that part of myself and I don't want to pretend like it didn't happen. Like, I just feel like, oh, that shit that happened where I was bad to this person or that person or that person was bad to me. This kind of helped shape me now and got me to where I am now in a very like happy and very functioning relationship. So it was definitely all worth it, even if like maybe that person didn't deserve it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, I would definitely like apologize or anything like that, but I don't want to try to erase it or pretend like I'd never that I've never wasn't like a shitty person in the past, I guess. Sometimes I'm not sure who I owe an apology to and who I should just be like, mm, you know, like if I happen to run into them or whatever, do mm-hmm. I bring it up? Do I bring up just like, sorry, I kind of, <laughs> you know, You're or, like, oh, I don't know. Because it was like so long ago now with all of that, like it's, you know, like everybody like was like five years ago minimum now, you know, like you know, I don't know. I, like I did some fuckboy shit. Like I ghosted people. Like I, and I'm not proud of that. Uh, it was again, because I was being a coward. It's because I wasn't being an adult about it. I wasn't being forthright with just like, Hey, like this was fun, but I don't know if I want to keep doing it and just have that uncomfortable conversation and just like mm-hmm. maybe disappoint the person and maybe get like, you know, like maybe see that they're not happy with me like in some way that if they get mad or if they get sad or whatever and it was just much easier for me to just like not send a text you know and and it's that's shitty like and i go over it in my head of just like did i ghost this person like i technically sent the last text they didn't text back but i didn't follow up mm-hmm. you know and i'm just like is this like i don't know still fucking still weighs on me sometimes i'm just like because they didn't fucking is it incumbent on me to send a follow-up text i don't know i don't know the fucking rules like we just found <laughs> out what fucking ghosting was you know a couple of years ago it's a new concept oh yeah i was ghosting before we had the term and then i was like oh yeah that's oh yeah no i, I definitely did. i i did a ghost or two in like what oh, god uh 2012 somewhere around there and i don't think it was a word yet Oh, definitely you not. Know? I feel so, like you're going to come around to like maybe 2015. I know, we got to look up the etymology of that word. I, I I don't really know exactly. 
but um, I'm definitely <laughs> I'm guilty of it. I'll I'll fucking just uh, confess to that right now. It's not oh, the, it's not the worst thing you can fucking do to somebody, but like it's not great. You know, it's not. And I've been ghosted myself too. So like it goes both ways, and that's what's so confusing about it because like it it all is so like loosey goosey when you're meeting people on Tinder and stuff, and um, like the way that I was operating on there was like i'd message 10 people get five responses of those i'd maybe actually meet three of them so it was like a like sea turtle eggs you know like they lay a lot of them because like see which make it to the them aren't gonna fucking make it right so like it was like that i was just like okay so widespread um which isn't a problem in new york because again there's a bajillion people here they're all fucking hot um there's you know like everybody's like really uh attractive and accomplished and funny and cool so like that was just like i could just keep doing it and also i maybe was slightly addicted to the dopamine aspect of swiping on there like it's definitely designed to like give you that like kind of like bump of cocaine kind of feeling I don't know. Like, I, I guess like I was just like, wasn't fully clear on like what the rules of engagement were, you know, and, and, and just always felt this sense of like, I don't really know what I want. And I certainly don't know what this person who I've been talking to for three weeks, you know, wants, but we've already fucked. So like that just makes things a little bit complicated, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, Tinder really set us up for failure. I mean, if you want to feel better about yourself, I there was a summer, summer 2014. I just been like got out of a terrible relationship and I literally just got on Tinder, uh, swiped on basically everyone, and then would use these people to feel better about myself emotionally, mm-hmm. and then would ghost when they wanted to meet and I would just disappear. See, that's so I never dated that's anyone. That's the thing was like I hope I don't come off sounding like a, like a MRA here. Um, but there was all of this like guilt towards dudes for ghosting people when I felt like it was going, it was more of a two way stream than, oh, yeah. than, do it it was, than it was being portrayed as. And I definitely like, again, five out of the 10 people who I would like match with or message on Tinder yeah, I'd, I'd talk to them for sometimes a couple of weeks, just like messaging, like, hey, like, you know, like, be cool to meet, like, can I get your number, like, whatever, and then just like nothing back. And, and, and so like, I got so used to that uh, rejection, I guess, if you could call it that. Yeah, I think it's a sort of rejection. As a, a person with ADHD with uh <laughs> rejection sensitive dysphoria or something like that um i don't have the actual term anyway there's a thing like your adhd people tend to be hypersensitive overly emotional um and very sensitive very 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 sensitive to rejection and so i think that kept me out of the game so far as dating for a long time when I was younger, because Mm -hmm. like that was just too much. Um, And then I had to just sort of like trial by fire, just like 
just lean into the pain of it and just like numb myself to it. And just like, I'm just going to just keep getting shot down. It's going to hurt every time until it finally doesn't. And now it doesn't hurt anymore when I get just nothing back. And so now mm-hmm. I don't fucking care about anybody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like now I just like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't care. You made me not fucking care, you know, like. Yeah, I totally get that. Oh man, I didn't start dating until Newark. I was wow, just really? such, yeah, I was just such a mess and so list not um I wasn't insecure because I definitely was like very like into myself, but it, there was just something like I was like none of this makes sense. I can't I hate I only hooked up in college. Uh, I Okay, so you weren't a virgin when you came to New York. You were No, okay. I wasn't a virgin. I wasn't a virgin, but I did and I'm actually working at a set on this. I gave my first blowjob in New York. There you go. I, yeah, like I would like you were a not, mouth virgin. I was a mouth virgin. I would not give head to any dude that I was fucking. Why? I was very afraid of a penis. <laughs> I I put it on a pedestal and was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill it somehow in my mouth. You thought okay, wait you you didn't think that like it was gonna be like gross or like taste weird or smell weird. You thought like something about you was going to like mm-hmm. like be too repugnant for a penis. In my defense. My I came into my sexual awakening with adult braces. Ah, so there was okay. the braces part that I was like, I will get like his penis stuck in my braces and rip his like the, the foreskin off or something. Right. Right. Braces circumcision. That's not comfortable. <laughs> I, no. Yeah, I can see. I, OK, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was a lot yeah we're all just a I lot mean, look, we're all just it's, a mess. it's a lot dude it's a there's a lot of fucking hang-ups that people go into that kind of stuff with i was uncomfortable with receiving oral sex for a long time because really i am uncircumcised and i had heard all around me all the time how gross it is and how like oh it's all like like what? i'm afraid of it and it's smelly and disgusting and like that was like the punchline all the time and uh-huh. so i had it in my head just like oh fuck i'm like gross right even though like i'm a very hygienic person mm-hmm. i'm not one of those like dudes in the white pants with the like red blood stain who's like and circumcision like one of those like intactivist people like i think that's a bit much that's a little embarrassing <laughs> especially like if that's your thing, if that's like your cause, I hope that you're doing a lot of other activism on other, like maybe more pressing issues. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Anyway, but I, I'm against it as a concept because I just feel like we live in the modern, like I get it. If you're like, uh, you know, a, a, a tribe of Jews wandering the desert for 40 years, like, yeah, maybe like you're not, you don't have access to running water so much. So you, you know, Right. But uh, I just don't see it as necessary. Right. You know, I, I like to think that I keep myself very clean and OK and ready for all of that. Right. Especially if I have an inkling that, you know, a, a lady might be nice <laughs> enough to, to, you know, put her mouth there like that. <laughs> I, I'm going to, you know, make sure that things are tip top for her. Right. But. I had it in my head for a long time. Like, uh, like, what if, what if she says something like, what if, like, what if she thinks it's gross? Like what, like, what if she just like sees it and is just like horrified? Like that, it, like, thankfully that never really happens. But like, that was like 
the neuroses for a long time where I'd have like, have to like excuse myself and like go like wash my dick in the sink just to like make sure I really got it, you know, like shit like that. Like, I mean, it was just like crazy. I'm a crazy person. And it's all just because like I internalized all of this like shit from society, you know, like it's, you know, we're all the same with that shit. Yeah. Circumcision. That is a, that is an interesting one. Like people, people will be like, have been weird about it. I've heard some shit. There's this kid in high school that allegedly he would put a gummy bear in the foreskin and then shoot it up and it would like propel. Whoa. Okay. I've never tried that. But it sounds kind of fun. I'm going to maybe go do that later. (laughs) I'd put things under there for sure. Cause I mean, how do you not? Nature's pocket. Yeah, it's exactly. You, you play with it in every which way, you know, like you've already put pretty much everything that you can think of in there by the time you're 14, you know, like you've, you've already pretty (laughs) much run, you run that bit into the grounds pretty quick, but I I don't projectiles. That's interesting. I'm Mm going to have to try to think how that would even. Yeah. I never saw it. Like it was interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a thing I could Google a video of. If you find it, please like, text it to okay. me because I want to see it. Okay. I wish I remember this guy's last name because I used to have a crush on him too. And then I heard that and I was like, you know what? I'm still okay with this. Like, I'm still okay with having a crush on him. <laughs> and you know, gummy <laughs> bears so with braces, that's also kind of a, that's an that's issue, a, right? It would that's just, an ace the combo right yeah. there. It's going to get stuck in. Oh God. There's all kinds Man. of things happening. Are you so glad to not be in your 20s anymore? Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to go back. Yeah, like it was fun and dumb, but yeah. like in retrospect, I'm like, oh god, I was such a dumb, dumb baby with adult braces. I was just so, I mean, and I still am in a lot of ways, but just like such a like, just big scribbly ball of 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 just insecurity and and neuroses and like, I mean, especially during like kind of dry spells, uh, you know, sex and dating wise was like maybe it was like one or two like really bad days away from like going kind of like jokerified incel. Like, I mean, like, cause it gets bad. Like I hear about those people and I don't agree with them of course, but I, uh, part of me has kind of, uh, uh, empathy, I guess, in terms of just like, I know what it's like to be that young and insecure and full of hormones and like every instinct, every cell in your body wants you to do this and you can't get it done. And it's just makes you feel just all kinds of fucked up. Like, like everything from like mental to like your physical level just, just feels bad. Like you just feel like you, this like incredible tension that you can't release, but also, you know, just in terms of like how you're, how you feel like you're looked at by society, you know, as, as like a dude, like, and you're less of a man, if you're not this like virile, like guy who can just like, you know, pound any, pound any chick in the city. Like it, it just gets like, it really can screw up your head, you know? And I, I never went like, I mean, you know, I was never on like any of those like message boards or anything like it was I didn't go like down that rabbit hole, but definitely had this like 
like brewing resentments that I was becoming aware of. Like, cause I, you know, since like high school, I considered myself a feminist and, um, was, was sympathetic to that cause, but was just like getting more and more like, just like, okay, but like, I, I'm trying to like be a good evolved guy. And that doesn't seem to like be, doesn't seem to matter, you know, like that, like, Mm -hmm. like sort of like the precursor to like, uh, the nice guy thing. Uh, or Mm -hmm. yeah, the precursor, the precursor to the incel was like the, the nice guy with a capital N, right. You know, like the guy who thinks that he, uh, is like owed sexual attention or whatever, or a girlfriend because he's, he's like not, uh, aggressive and not, you know, uh, like gropey and shitty towards women. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt the temptation of the dark side during those, during those times, you know, it was just like, I feel the pull, I feel the call to like answer some really dark callings that I don't like. And I had to like really check in with myself and I wasn't in therapy at the time or anything, but like, it was just like a thing that I really had to just like step back and just be like, this isn't, I don't, I don't like what's going on in my head. I don't, I don't like that. I'm this, that I feel this fucked up, you know? What do you think got you away from that? Like uh rabbit hole uh, you kind of to the other side. Pussy. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I mean, fair. yeah, but I mean, like it was really kind of just like, it was when I finally like kind of learned to just sort of relax and and just sort of accept that like the world doesn't owe me anything. Mm-hmm. I was even aware even then, like in my mid twenties that I kind of run on like a little bit of a different pace than the average person that I may be like a little bit behind the curve emotionally, you know, uh, maturity wise. Uh, and that's a common thing again with ADD, like you're a good, like five, sometimes 10 years behind where you feel like you should be, you know? Um, and, and I just like, sort of was like, okay, well then fuck it. If it happens, it happens. And like, I'm just going to try and like roll with the punches more. And then like almost immediately, like I was helping a friend move from Minneapolis to Chicago and I was only in Chicago for like a few days. And we were there for like, you know, I was just like, well, why, well, you know, like while we're here, you know, like since I'm helping you move this Penske truck to Chicago, why don't we take a couple of days? I'll stay with you and we'll just like, you know, we'll, we'll fuck around in the city. Right. And I just met this girl there and was just like, I'm just going to shoot my shot, you know, and just like, <laughs> just see what happens. Just like fire a, you know, like, Hey, let's hang out. I'm in town for a couple of days. And it worked. And like, that was sort of the first time where I was just like, oh, I, I, I can do this. Like, I, you know, like all I had to do is just like, kind of relax and not, not come off so like desperate, Mm -hmm. not be like overly like into the person really. And not, you know, cause like really realistically, like this was literally just like some girl I saw in a bar and, you know, she was, she was cute. and. I didn't know who she was two seconds ago. And so for me to like come on as strong as I might have mm-hmm. wouldn't have been a good. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just relaxed. I just I just sort of like eased up off off the gas pedal a little bit and it was fine. I love it. This I think that's such a great like lesson too. 
And I think people listening to this will be like, oh, yeah, I went through a similar phase. I think and like talking about it is like really important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was I don't know. It was just about just kind of letting go and letting go of what I wanted to happen and what I thought should happen or anything like that. And just being like, I'm going to control what I can control. I'm going to put my vibe out there. I'm going to say like, hey, what's up? And then just wait, you know, and, and, and just if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I go home, I go back to Minneapolis, I jerk off like I was already <laughs> doing. You know, it's it's a very zero sum game. So and and then like, yeah, and then it just felt and it just felt a lot easier after that. I don't know. It's sometimes just getting over that hurdle. Yeah. I mean, like I, and that was that was the hurdle. And that was in like my mid 20s before I could even like do anything like that. Like I had already been through college and was just so fucking awkward in college. Like I had a girlfriend for a while, but like that was weird. And like, you know, just. <laughs> Just like I, it was like another one of those where it's like I shouldn't have gotten into this. Like, yeah, just like at parties and everything was just so painfully awkward. And like, I also I didn't like drink or like smoke weed or anything until like like my last year of college, basically. So I just had like had a lot of hindrances to all of that stuff when I was when I was that age. You know, it was just like neurotic and I couldn't do anything to like get myself unneurotic and like relax myself <laughs> a little bit. Like it was, I was just set up for failure. It was just like not going to work. <laughs> I love my favorite thing about this episode is it's, it's, uh, looking back at how awkward we were in the past and being so glad we're not that person anymore. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to be like grateful for it and, and say that, you know, and realize that like, I couldn't be who, I became without being that person. Like I couldn't have mm -hmm. walked away with those lessons, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's something to like respecting the past, but being glad that you learned to move away from it. Yeah. Brad, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I could uh -oh. make an amazing episode. I've been wanting to do this podcast for a long time. I'm glad I'm finally here. I know. I'm so sorry. It took so long. It is so what it is. You know? do, this. Um, do you want to, I... do you want to come back on my show? uh speaking totally. of yeah okay totally. let's do a part two i'd love to have you back. fuck yeah so i always like to ask though right at the end is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to talk about uh no i think we kind of covered it i don't know um yeah we hit a lot of bases we hit a lot of stuff i feel like we're gonna have i think i think we're i think we're good yeah and no, I think if, it's gonna I, be a really if i can get something else later then you know i'll i'll Asked to come back on and we'll work that out in a couple of years. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. Okay. Bye. Bye. Tokyo and I say hi. I will do. Again, Brad has a great, great podcast called Self Worst. Uh, I think if you like Awkward Sex and City, I think you're really going to like his podcast as well. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Bradical Pearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N. And the Self Worth Insta is at Brad underscore Pearson. Um, thanks for going on, Brad. Can't wait to have you back. I'll see you guys next week. 
And I'll be talking more about the live show as we get closer and closer because it's right around the fucking corner. I can't. What is life? What has this past year been? I don't know. It feels so crazy. Okay. Bye. I'll see you guys next week. Okay. Wear your mask. Okay, bye.